Welcome to Sydney Chill, and today we are joined by the very talented author, writer, and director Rona Walter. I started as a director and a friend of mine who's now my mentor he said ah you're a really good writer as well because you might know I started uh, with um, novels years ago mm-hmm. I got some book awards uh, for short stories and my my first novel The Human Dress and um, which is also script whatever and um, it is uh, yeah I don't know I didn't know that I was able to write scripts after I found out that I'm able to write a novel uh, or a story that's longer than three pages actually and um, I, I yeah the, the thing was I directed and wrote most of the things I, I did and I still do write and direct everything the thing is I, I always hear that I'm a really really good producer because I'm very lucky with locations um, actors and um, everything you know like dresses makeup and everything and makeup artists photography I mean I, I seem to be very lucky with that and I don't know how that happens because I, I never liked or enjoyed being a producer because I, in my opinion, it really stresses me out. It burns me out. And I actually, I hate doing it, but I seem to be very good at it. End of the day, I, I look at my stuff and I think, wow, that's a brilliant location. How did you get that? It, it took me a lot of time and work and, and connections and uh, conversations, but you have beautiful dresses, uh, beautiful actors, wonderful actors, like really just spot on perfect locations. And um, you ask yourself, how did I do that? I have no idea, but at some point I think I'm lucky. I just wish I would enjoy it a bit more. <laughs> For me, producing is a person who assembles the team, who organizes, you know, literally, you know, everything. And it's, everything, yeah. it's, it is difficult because it's more of a, of a admin type job to me that like producing as much as I think it's so important to get a good, you know, a good producer. I haven't had a chance to really do this yet, but this is what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to assemble my team. And whenever I say assemble my team, I feel like, you know, Tony Stark and the Avengers, mm. which, <laughs> but I'm looking to assemble assemble a team where I know kind of what I want but if you've got a better idea and it works better for the film then that's that's great I'm a big believer in in the collaboration that's what I'm like most passionate about but collaborating with the right people who are just as excited and this is something JJ Abrams said he doesn't boss people about it's all about treating people as you want to be treated and instead of saying well I want it like this he'll say I think the film needs it to be like this which completely changes things then because if you've got someone saying I want it like this you're thinking well you just want it like that because you want it but if you think of the film as your boss which is something I always do I think well the film is the boss so whatever is best for the boss is what we do if someone on set has an idea says well how about we do a camera move like this and if we've got time I'll say okay well let's just get it how we originally planned and then we'll get that as well like after we've got that absolutely that's exactly how we work as well I mean there's a you know kind of a heart hierarchy of course but I always say I have this and this in my mind I want to see this and this and sometimes you see amazing spots or your your assistant just says oh how about this or how about that you know that angle or the actress just gives you a marvelous input and you look at her and you think yeah why not doing this you know or and uh I don't know I mean I switch a lot I I always listen to my to my guys because the thing is I I mean you don't see everything sometimes you just miss one or two spots and in the end of the day you think 
oh yeah, that was so brilliant, you know. And even if I if I disagree sometimes and think, no, I don't think I like that. I always say, listen, do mine. Like you know, just as you said, I do mine first, and then we do yours, and then we see what works out best. And the thing is, we are a two lady uh, production company at the moment. Me and Liz, uh, marvelous editor and uh, producer as well, and camera lady. And it is so important that you are on the same page indeed and that you have similar ideas but that you also give your new ideas you know that you have like your different opinions and your different point of views as well yeah definitely like you don't want to just be you don't want to just say yes to everything this is like going back to about producing like how often is it when you're on set and you're more concerned about getting things done than what is being done that shouldn't happen but uh, and that's why I did the 40 hour film festival this year because it was um it was something where I thought well this is a way to actually make something and it no matter what by the end of the weekend something will be made what I'm interested in with you can you remember a specific movie or moment when you realized this is what you want to do yes indeed I was um I was I was very young and I'm I'm a big fan big fan of the 90s sword movies and the 90s mystery thriller and everything and I actually did um watch a dragon heart when I was a kid (laughs) and did some kind of guilty pleasure to be honest I, I watched it and I thought I want to do that too I don't want to make dragons look real <laughs> and um, and later I saw all these amazing like um, what lies beneath the game you know all these 90s mystery dark thriller and I, I really thought yes yes I want to be a filmmaker and I um, I didn't pursue it actually I was um, doing book selling I worked in as a text editor I worked as a writer playwright for the dungeons and many other things and I never never thought about making movies again and then I saw um, some old movie Dark Corners not very famous but brilliant actually what was it called? Uh, Dark Corners with Thora Birch actually quite a good movie Um, also it it looks a little bit weird it's not really logical but I watched it and I thought maybe I can give it a different twist maybe I can make my own story out of it and back then when I watched it I actually was finishing The Human Dress my book and um, it is kind of a like realist doesn't know what's what's real what really happens to him you know and um i like that the kind of idea like it's sort of move when you think okay what does he imagine what is real is he is he serious i mean can he trust himself can he trust his own senses and like shutter island you know all these movies and i don't know the more movies i watch like this the more i say i want to be a filmmaker like that dark drama mystery horror coming of age horror you know like my actual short movie and everything and i love that you picked the game out of all of David Finch that is David Fincher isn't it it is Fincher and it's my absolute favourite director as well is he and, uh, yes Fincher and Yates are my my number one too and absolutely love it or even pitch to them to be honest David but, Fincher uh, is I mean oh. I think I've mentioned him on every podcast it's not been on the show because I've always edited it out because I just turned into a fanboy but um, yeah I <laughs> think he fangirl. he is incredible like what is it you like about David Fincher I just think he's he's exceedingly brave in the stories he tells and how he tells them and I always have a slight feeling that he does not it's not a slight feeling it's a big feeling 
that you just doesn't really give a, you know, damn about if people say, oh, that is probably not appropriate or wow, that's too dark or hey, I won't get it. They won't understand it. He doesn't care. He just tells the story and he says, you will get it if you get it. If you don't, you know, I don't give a damn. And that's what I really like about him, this brave filmmaking. And that's what I try to do as well, that I, I think, where's the bravery at the moment, you know, of storytelling? Like, for example, Fight Club. How many people told me, oh, you got that movie? I said, what was there you couldn't get? You know, it was a marvelous story. Tim Uhl spoke about it in London Screenwriters Festival. It's an amazing story. And even the game, not many people, I think, know it. I'm not sure. But it's such a masterpiece. And again, Fincher says, I'm telling my story. You have your own ideas in your head and you have your own thoughts about it. So your influences are David Fincher and if you like the darker side of uh, of, of cinema. Well, I actually I actually do, yes. Well, I, I grew up where you live close with ancient law and legends and everything. And um, the thing is, I was always, I, I, I grew up with this Tim Burton movies, you know, the old ones like Edward Scissorhands and all this stuff. And I loved them, absolutely adored them. I love David Yates' uh, Harry Potter movies, indeed. I think he's a marvelous director. Gosh, I love him. Brilliant man. Um, I, I do not like all his works, but I, I love his camera work. I love how he captures everything. I'm very influenced by Mary Harron. Absolutely love the woman. Karen Kusama. Not sure if I uh, speak her name correctly. Um, absolutely amazing woman. And uh, I think there are some great directors out there. Some are, are, are dark, but I, it's not that I only like dark movies. Um, personally, I'd say I want to go in a direction I recently choose. It is, um, I'm filming with, a, with this lovely director and producer from London soon. Uh, and I'm doing a horror short with, uh, which bases is um, coming of age, actually. And um, it's more about a lonely outcast, a girl who's bullied and you know doesn't really fit in and uh, who uh, summons her own <laughs> best friend imaginary friend and I think that's actually what I like like this classic horror vibes but with a with a deeper drama background I think horror I mean there's different aspects of horror there's the conjuring type horror which I watched the other night and I was like okay I know you're trying to scare me and it's not working because I know you're trying to scare me but if it's something like I don't know paranormal activity where it feels like genuinely creepy and that was I thought that was a scary movie but then you know other movies that have horror elements in like let the right one in Oh, brilliant. But please, the original one from Sweden. What amazing movie. I didn't see the remake. It was, to me, as much as I love the actress who was in that, I think she's great. Just love the original of, of uh, Let the Right yeah. One In. So there's it like, didn't it's... have the magic. It didn't really didn't have them. I watched it. I, I actually did. But it didn't have the magic. In my opinion, it was a remake that was absolutely unnecessary. Yeah, well, the only reason they did it is because it's, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'll be careful what I say, but there's a certain demographic that don't like reading subtitles titles and uh well you know well when you just look who they voted in you can understand why but yeah the, so the horror stuff I, I don't like it when it's obvious horror like when it's you know mm. it depends really like mm. we were talking about this the other day and i like what like uh the original psycho i love that film you know you're on the edge of your seat but the overall feeling throughout the film is this sense of dread and you're like oh this is just it's creepy i, I like that or movies like you know scream when it just 
kind of turned the genre oh, on its head were brilliant you go I in, tell you yeah. 90s again 90s horror movies scare you oh my god Simon do you know the changeling from 1970s whatever late 1970s um, it is a movie I think people don't really know well it's it's a shame it's a marvelous movie and it, it's like Jaws you know you don't really see things you don't really you, you sense it you, you feel and you have a really horror feeling that something terrible has just happened and it is so amazing so i would recommend that movie the changeling from the late 70s to every movie lover because it's just such a great work i'm a horror lady and i left the lights on well, speaking of lights on have you seen the short film called lights out oh yeah and it got oh, turned into a good. feature didn't it good for the guy absolutely perfectly done like it was less than two minutes it was just spot on and it was well done so the guy just did everything right with it. The guy I spoke to um, in a previous podcast, uh, Ryan, he entered that same contest and the one that won Best Director was Lights Out. But the one that won Best Film that came number one was Ryan's film, Playtime. You two should definitely (laughs) um, collaborate because he is just amazing at like editing and visual effects. Like his stuff is just incredible. So what have you got coming out next and what can we look forward to see? Well, I do work for quite some time actually. I work on my very first feature documentary I've did I've done some smaller ones like two three minute documentaries uh, I think I just want to prove that I can do more than seven minutes to be honest I mean people who know my work know that I did short uh, teaser trailer that I did short documentary and music videos most of, uh, first and foremost but um, this is my very first feature length film work and um, facets of fear which will be out I think uh, next year March for competitions and everything um, and I do work on the coming of age horror short uh, story of Frank with my lovely London colleagues and I actually uh, am working on my pitch videos and teaser trailers uh, to pitch and to promote The Human Dress, my TV miniseries um, based on my award winning novel and a children's book and children's short movie, uh, The Fairy in the Phone Box. So <laughs> well, it is, it is a lot and um, I dropped some projects and uh, I had to because uh, sometimes it, if, if, if you're working on too many things I mean you know it's just you're producing uh, yeah not what you want to not the I don't know not what you want to do maybe you're, you're I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I get burned out a lot and I was working for some years I was working too hard on, on things and I was just working back and I didn't sleep I didn't eat uh, it was just too much and now I really need to figure out I need to stay focused and say okay I'm not doing this probably doing something else and I focused on this full project too for next year like the fairy in the phone box for children a book and a short film and um, a stage play actually as well I do have some connections and I find out I try to find out what is possible for me to do I mean the fairy in the phone box on stage is possible because of my connections and um, the human dress teaser trailer will be released tomorrow and um, yeah I mean you need to stay focused I think and drop one or two projects you just park them and say maybe I do it next year for example the fairy you know I was so eager to produce it this year and then my my illustrator she said yeah but we don't have a publisher yet and it's still you know we're still discussing certain elements and things so how about we do it next year and we chill out a bit and we we do it properly and that woke me up and I said yeah you're right I'm doing too much maybe I really do it next year and now I do I mean the the facets of fear my documentary deadline was Halloween this year I I just couldn't finish it because I didn't have the shots I wanted and I didn't 
didn't have the actress I wanted and I didn't have the narration I wanted. So I said, okay, let's do it for March and just, just enter some competitions for March, you know? Mm-hmm. I love the title, um, The Furry and the Phone Box. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to know what it's about because it's the title alone says to me, I'm in, I'll, I'll watch that because it just is, uh, you know, it's something that I just get, you know, ideas in my head already and it's something that oh. I think, and it sounds like it'll be something suitable for my goddaughter to watch who's like four. Oh, it, so, yeah. um, and she loves furries and princesses and, and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yes. yes. Um, I had a, a lovely, a lovely thing, a lovely scene today. I was actually, uh, yeah, going to work and there was a little child with her, but a little girl with her mother and the girl was, she stared at me and then she said something to her mom and her mom looked at me and I said, yeah, everything all right? And she said to me, no, my daughter just told me that she is a hundred percent sure that you are a real princess. Oh, listen to that. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, thank you. If you were on shoot, what's the biggest problem you've had on set that you've overcome? That you always need contracts and that you better uh, discuss payment before you start writing a single word and probably just let them pay 70% before you even start writing. So that is something I definitely learned and that every filmmaker should probably keep in mind. Have your contracts ready, make sure you get your money if you charge. And uh, yeah, I probably learned that I would not undercharge. Oh, and I have something something very funny as well. We were filming a music video for Latin uh, American music music group and it was actually my first uh, Christian <laughs> music video I was a camera woman for my lady and uh, for my filmmaking partner and it was very funny that I, I watched a video and I said something is not right here and I uh, realized that I was actually captured filming in the background and I put my bottom in the face of the drummer <laughs> so oh, the dear. drummer moved his face <laughs> and we had to blur out my bottom oh, dear. from the video so you, the, the, there's a video there's a music video out there with a with a blurred bottom in it. it with my blurred bottom because I was filming in the background and we didn't see it because I was dressed in black cool. and it was very dark. So I was I was just wondering why she why he moved his face. I thought why is he moving his face like that? And then we realized <laughs> it was my bottom straight into his face while I was moving forward. And yeah. What do you enjoy the most with filmmaking? What you're most passionate about? I absolutely love and enjoy research, interviewing people, um, talking to people visit locations scout location scouts um, getting into the story that's why I absolutely enjoy doing documentary to be honest um, absolutely love doing interviews finding out more about the story behind uh, certain ideas and uh, scenes and everything and uh, I, I still do love writing it but at the moment I'm going more into the direction of, a, of the director so um, absolutely love trying or to try to figure out what is my passion actually I mean you might know I started as I started filmmaking quite late I'm quite a granny in filmmaking I started when I was 26 indeed and uh, which is uh, a time ago but <laughs> um, yeah I, I figured out that I love writing but I love directing a little bit more and absolutely enjoy working on sets and absolutely love seeing like seeing my figures move and speak the words I put in them out so working people find your most recent work and how can they contact 
you? I can definitely find it uh, on Facebook on the Badass Lady Writer page for my novels. Um, I do have a, a fan page for The Human Dress, my mystery mini TV series. And I do have a normal website, ronawalterchimdo.com. And on Twitter, of course, I'm on Twitter, The Human Dress, my number one script is on Twitter. Oh, Rona, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. You too, my dear. Speak to you soon. Thank you.